Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You playing man coverage, I'm a receiver, so I'm licking my chops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man, man coverage against you is a no-no. That's how you feel. Like, man, I got the film. I ain't going to talk too crazy, but I mean. It's good I, to have confidence. It's okay. Nah, I mean, my mindset is to come in day one and be the guy. So, I mean, that's the mindset I've always had. And mm-hmm. I got that opportunity I get to touch the ball. I think I can score a touchdown. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash allthingscovered. Make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get the show right away. Pat P, what are we going to cover on this episode? Hey, yo, Mac, man, free agency is almost finished, which means the NFL draft is around the corner. We get an opportunity to talk to one of college best all-around athletes, 2021 draft class, draftees. Make sure you stay tuned with the very interesting conversation with our guy and the speakster for two more. Fast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to take you inside the draft process of these top prospects that will be involved in the NFL draft. On this episode, we want to focus on what happens as soon as your college career ends. And Pat P, he's he he's mentioned to us a few episodes ago, uh, episodes ago that he knew he was leaving going into his spring year at LSU. So it was a wrap. He already knew he was leaving. But Pat, when you officially made that decision to leave, you know, how did you go about telling your coaches and your teammates that you were leaving early? And I, th- I think your last ball game was in the Citrus Bowl. Was it against, was it, who was it? Iowa, Penn State? Uh, it was raining. Yeah. It was, no, it no, was no. A- my last, my last college game was a Cotton Bowl against, uh, Texas A&M. That's okay. That was yep. the last, that was the last bowl game. Yep. My okay. Last bowl game. All right. So how did you go about letting your teammates, you know, your coaches know you were leaving? Matt, everybody already knew. Oh, they already knew. I ain't had to tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So next question. Well, heck. I know you you remember exactly what your initial draft grade was because you were leaving early, so it had a one behind it. How did you go about? I ain't even go through that, Matt. I ain't even get no draft grade. (laughs) You didn't even even ask for one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, every chance it was a given because you won the Thorpe, you won all the hardware. Derek, I told you my sophomore year. I already told Les Miles. I came here. I'm three and done. I'm out of there. I ain't care what my grade was. I ain't asked for my grade. <laughs> I matter. knew I was going first round because, like you said, I had just wanted Thorpe. I want the best defense. I want the, the Jim, uh, uh, the Jim Thorpe and the Bettinari. So I was yep. like, oh, it's a given. Yeah, you I, ain't got the I don't need no paper to tell me where I'm going. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is a, this is an honest, fair question for you. How did you go about, you know, hiring an agent? You know, coming out of college and with you being that top prospect that you were pretty sure you had every agent that was around trying to get you to sign with them. How did you go about hiring the agent? Oh, man. Now, that's a that's a really good question. Um, there we go. We finally got a good one. <laughs> Pat, Pat P knew he was leaving 
when he was a 10th grader in high school, he knew he was leaving college early. So now we got a good question for him. <laughs> you got a good question, Matt. Um, you know, going through the, going through the process, honestly, with me, I had just came out of probably, you know, having you know, the, the lockout. And also we had it. We, I was coming to the league, to, into the league to where everything was slotted. It was kind of difficult for me because, you know, guys didn't have to, you know, really do any leveraging or any, uh, negotiating because, you know, my contract was pretty much going to be set, set, yep. you know, it's pretty much going, whatever it is, you know, that's what it's going to be because everything is slotted going through that process, just listening out to the agents, you know, making sure, you know, looking at their credits first and foremost, looking at the credibility, seeing what they, what they have done in the past, um, you know, and also seeing if they're to my, in, in my opinion, I believe being a man of your word is everything, you know, mm-hmm. seeing if, if they're able to hold up to the things that they're promising you or the things that they're telling you, you know, just don't blow smoke up guys, um, behind. And I, and I feel like guys will figure that out throughout the first 10 words in the conversation when it comes down to, um, picking the agent. And at the end of the day, you know, I know a ton of agents have a, a ton of clients do do your research and making sure that you you reach out to those uh clients that if you have a desire of possibly you know signing with you know a particular agent you know doing your research and seeing how this agent is you know throughout the season will you ever talk to him again will you have a, a personal relationship with them you know things of that sort because at the end of the day that goes a very long way as mm-hmm. well because if you look at it you playing this guy Three percent low scale, one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. a year. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. So you want to make sure that you have a relationship with a guy, you know, that is, you know, controlling your not controlling your fate, but at the end of the day, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, make you a lot of money. So I think all of those things uh, definitely um, is some of my advice on on these draftees coming into this uh, coming into this league and you know trying to pick the right agent uh, for themselves. How was your process, Mac? Like I know, I know it was a long time ago. <laughs> but talk to me. How how was your how was how was your draft process and far as going through picking an agent? Uh-huh. Uh what how did you what like what was your 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 initial grade? Like yeah. how did you cuz you came out as a senior. So you you yeah. you you're, you're I I didn't, I didn't yeah, I didn't have the aspirations of leaving early in the 10th grade in high school, so I came out as a senior. <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about your draft story, man. My draft story is pretty good. Uh, man, I got drafted. That's number one. Um, you know, I waited a little longer. I was, I got drafted in the second round. I thought it would be, you know, a late hey, I was first there, rounder. I yeah, was you there, were man. there. I forgot. Yeah, you were there. Little Pat, hey, man, you little was Pat hot in too, man. Man, you kept running from us, man. I knew you was upset, but you kept Man, I was hot. Y'all kept aggravating me, kept annoying me, man, asking me, when are you going to get drafted? I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. I don't know. Everybody kept asking me. I had to go in the room. I forgot you were there. Yeah. But uh, as you like you said, you were there. I was annoyed, you know what I mean. And 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 like I've said many many a times on this show, there are only a few people that are happy about where they got drafted. You know, if right. you go top five, top four, you're probably one of the few ones that I'm happy. Everybody else right. feel like they should get drafted higher. I don't no care where it. you go, you feel like you should get <laughs> you should have gotten drafted higher. And I was one of those guys. I was man, I was annoyed. I was disappointed. I got drafted. Uh, like, like you said, Pat P, Pat was there. The rest of the family was there. Everybody enjoying themselves. And I was the one that wasn't really enjoying, uh, the moment because I waited longer than I thought, but it was a process. You know, and I had, what I did with my agent, you know, we had agent day at Florida State where all the juniors and seniors 
Uh, the juniors that are draftable, uh, draft eligible can meet with certain agents. You know what I mean? We would have that on a one random Sunday throughout the year. You kind of get familiar. You can have your parents, your guardians there sit with you through the, impro- through the entire process. So by the time I was kind of, you know, my season was over with, I kind of had a, a good idea on who I was go with. I had the agent, you know, got drafted instantly. You know, I, I went from being disappointed to kind of coming to terms that I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler, you know what I mean? Outside of me going in the second round, cause I thought I should have went first round. Uh, and like you said, when you talk about edu- educating yourself about agents, you got to understand what they bring to the table. You know what I mean? You want to be able to understand what they're doing for you, not just on the football field, but off the football field, because now it's different than when it was when I got drafted. You know what I mean? Especially in the first rounders, first round guys, you know, they was bringing in whoo, a nice handsome ransom. Now everything is slotted. You know what I mean? So agents are important, but they're not that important like they used to be when it comes to your first contract. Uh, but you still want to make sure you're involved in what's going on. You know what I mean? And understand what, what they're doing, what they're trying to do. And, and my process was, like I said, it was a little lengthy, but I was extremely happy to get drafted where I got drafted at because I met a lot of cool people. I came across a lot of nice, out, nice, opportunities to say the least so for you you leave baton rouge you sign with your agent where did you train um i trained down at um and boca raton man okay okay FA, you, know, uh, no, you know what hold, hold that thought we're gonna save that pre-draft workout for next week's episode so that's what you call a tease ladies okay. and gentlemen a tease <laughs> mm-hmm. now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show has Pat heard? I saw a funny no. question. I saw a funny question on Twitter when we, when I, I posted the sneak peek. Hey, 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 Pat P, I posted the sneak peek of your, uh, free agent show, right? And someone commented, has Pat heard that Pat P signed with the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> hey, hey, I forgot. I got to look up exactly and see exactly who sent that tweet, who commented on the post exactly. And I got to give them a shout out because when he said that, Number one, he's a faithful fan of the show. Number two, that was a great, great question. Has Pat heard that Pat Peterson signed with the Minnesota Vikings? So it's his favorite part of the show, too, as, as well. Thank you. Shout out. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to get your name, and I will broadcast it next week. So this is where we check in to see how Pat P is doing. And if you don't know exactly what we're talking about, if you're new to the show, during the offseason, Pat P is moving around. You know, he's traveling. He's with the family. He's playing golf. He's doing a lot. And he's not really in tune to what's going on in the sporting world. So we decided to implement hey, this in our show. This week, man. Your record so far, you're 11 of, tw- 11 of 20. When you look at stories that you've heard of, you haven't heard. Number one, the first story for you. Let's go. Did you hear about the big time draft trade that happened this yes. past Friday? Yes. Tell me what, the what three teams, is- what three teams were involved? Dolphins, San Fran, and the Chiefs. Let's go. Wrong. I'm going 100% <laughs> this week. Let's go. You're wrong. What? <laughs> Hold on, wait. So Dolphins, you talking about the Dolphin trade, right? Yeah, okay, the Dolphins so, was one. I thought it was Dolphins, San Fran, and the Chiefs. You got San Fran, it was Dolphins. Hold on, wait, don't tell me yet, though. Dolphins, I'm not San Fran. Ah, dang it, we thought he was going to go perfect. Dang it, he done messed one already. Damn, I thought it, I thought it was the Chiefs or something. That what happened, you on the golf course. Wait, you know. you don't tell bogeys. me yet. Ah. Uh, Dolphins, San Fran. It's the NFC Fudge. team. It's the NFC team. Yep. Fudge knuckle, man. Did you say fudge knuckle? Yeah, I got. You know, I got say kids. One of the kids. Yeah, fudge. I knuckle. got kids, man. <laughs> uh damn it! 
He was fired up too. He talking about let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm pissed. I I miss you said NFC team. You gave me a hint. Yes. It wasn't Seattle, it wasn't the Cardinals, it wasn't anybody on NFC West. Correct. So NFC East. It's the East. It's the team in the oh, East. Oh, Philly. It was Philly. There you go. Now listen. Philly. I think he, Eric, I don't know. We got to talk about this. We got to take this one to the committee. No, man. <laughs> I don't know. We That's more that right. Let's go. Keep it going. Okay. Let's go. Real quick. What do you think about that move with San Francisco? You, t- you think, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy G is out of there? Hey, what they say, the writing on the board, man. The writing, writing on the wall, man. <laughs> Jimmy G is good as gone, man. He, his time writing in San, Fr- his time in San Francisco is disco dead. Yeah, man. Is this dead? It's a matter of time. Yep. Okay. Next one for Pat P. The NFL set to announce. A 17-game season shortly, coming up shortly. You Did you hear that? Yes, sir. I heard it this morning. Oh, you just heard it. We had you. If we would have taken this last night, you wouldn't even know about it. Hey, man, I'm going to hunt it for a hundred, man. I'm telling you. Hey, so what are your thoughts about that? Hey, matter that fact, Adam Scheffler, uh, Adam Scheffler uh, posted. Okay, what are your thoughts about 17-game uh, season? How you, you hate it? You love it? You like it? What, what, what's up? I think if they're going to do 17 games, man, they got to they, they take out that Thursday night game, man. I mean, that's Thursday my night goal. is not going nowhere. I know it ain't, but it ain't going nowhere. It is. They said they're going to remove one of the preseason games, so you guys have three. And, and check this out: sixteen games has been in place since nineteen seventy-eight. So yeah. having a sixteen-game season has been in place for a long time. But it's looking like they will add an extra game, and you guys will have one less preseason ball game. Yeah, um, it is what it is. It man. is what it is. An extra check, <laughs> you know what I mean? Extra check, another opportunity to get an extra pick too, Pat. That's how you got to look yeah. at. It. Yep, 100%. It's almost halftime for us, and make sure you guys stay tuned because after halftime, we will be joined by Rondell Moore, the talented offensive weapon from Purdue, NFL draft draft prospect that just ran a 4-2 last week at Purdue's Pro Day, will be joining us, so make sure you stay with us. You don't want to miss that conversation. But right now, last time I checked, Pat P. wears number 21. Until we hear otherwise, we're going to continue to have 21 questions for you guys. 21 questions is where we get a chance to interact with you, our fans, our faithful fans, listeners and viewers. If you want your questions to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get to it on the show. This week's question comes from Rory Sumner, and this was provided on Twitter. So if you Drop us a question on Twitter. You drop us a question on Apple Podcasts. We make sure we try to do our best to pick the best question to answer it on this show. Shout out to Rory Sumner for giving us this question. And make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. At ATC Covered Pod on Twitter. You guys know what our Instagram name is and the Facebook name is All Things Covered Pod. But this question is for, I guess we can both tag team this question, Pat Pete. Okay. Coming from Rory. Do you think NFL teams underrate certain traits of players that could translate to the NFL level just because they may not have seen it on film in, and in college? Example, why why would Justin Jefferson, why would a team not think Justin Jefferson can win on the outside just because LSU used him mostly in the slot his last season at LSU? So the question is, we saw Justin Jefferson dominate as an outside receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. And he feels like a lot of team kind of slept on him because he didn't really get utilized that much outside LSU in LSU's offense because him 
And Jamar Chase, to say the least, they used to line up quite a bit in the slot. So he's, he, the question is, do you think teams under, underrate certain skill sets from players if they don't see a player doing certain things? Mm, that's a good question. That's probably one of the best questions that we had in uh, two normal questions. I will probably say no. And here's my week. Yeah, you, you go ahead and I'll follow up with you, Pat. I'll follow up. Here's follow my up. reasoning why. I think, obviously, we all know what Jefferson, his, his skill, his size itself shows that he can win outside. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, LSU felt like it was best for him to get off on the inside. And when he came to the league, it just showed that he was more versatile to play inside and outside, which made him, in my opinion, made him that much more dangerous in the NFL, having the ability playing inside on the college level then and having an opportunity to kind of move all over the place in the NFL. And I believe that's why he had such an, uh, an amazing rookie campaign, having the ability to know, understand route concepts from the inside and uh, also go, coming to the NFL and having the ability to learn, you know, under the, the officer coordinator that he, uh, that he was able to play with Adam, Adam Thielen, uh, Chris Kirk, and all those guys, but I think the NFL do, do a really, especially nowadays, I think they really do a good job of scouting guys to see if they can play multiple positions because of the simple fact of, you know, you only are limited to so many, a certain amount of numbers you can dress out. So you want to make sure guys can be able to do, you know, multiple things because that, that just brings more value, not only to the player, but to the team as well. So I do, I do think, Teams do a great job of uh, scouting guys all around. It's just all about what what system that that guy's that 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 guy go to him and when what coach that he's around that's able to you know figure out his different skill set, plug him in different places to see where he's able to uh, excel at as well versus just excelling in his uh, his primary position. Yeah, and this question isn't you know, specific to Justin Jefferson. He just used Justin Jefferson right. as an example. And right. I, I'm, I agree with you. And I think the good teams, they can scout well. They can look at how you go about your business in college, how you utilize your skill set, how you move, your movements, you know what I mean? Things that you do well to determine what you can do for them in their offense. In the bad organizations, they draft players and they don't utilize them the right way. That's why they're bad. That's why they're not winning because it's not solely about having bad personnel. Sometimes it's more about having good personnel, having good personnel, but using using them in a bad way, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think another example you could use would be Jalen Ramsey at Florida State. His last season there, if I'm not mistaken, he played the star position, which is like kind of that nickel dime role yeah. in most college defenses. And you didn't see him play a lot on the edge because most offenses then will come out in multiple wide receiver set, set sets. And that would call him to be, to, to be more in the nickel or the dime role. But then when he goes to Jacksonville, they were basically only utilizing him as an outside corner. And we didn't really see Jalen play a lot in the inside until this past season there in LA. And he still was productive. But remember when he got to Jacksonville, he was a shutdown corner and right. he was mostly being utilized as a outside corner. But if you go back to look at, look at his last year at, at Florida state, he was utilized a lot inside as a slot, but it's all about the eye of the coaches. It's all about the eye of the scouts to be able to pinpoint and say, you know what? We see this kid play mostly in the slot 
in college, but I think he can still be a quality asset for our program outside. And he gives you the versatility to be able to do both. So some teams underrate certain traits of players and the good teams, they don't, they usually hit on those players. And because of that, they're more successful than the bad teams. And shout out to Rory Sumner for that outstanding question. And you had Pat P thinking, you had myself thinking, so we appreciate you for giving us that question. And like I said, if you want to have your question answered here on our show, uh, just leave us a five-star review uh, to the question on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or Twitter. And we make sure we get to it. And we want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at All Things Covered Pod. Each week, we give clues for our next guest. And the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. So we have a shout out for Cardinals Update, who was the first to guess Jameis Winston last week. Again, follow us on All Things Covered Pod for the very best content from the show. Now it's halftime and we got a fast guy joining us on the opposite side of the half. Rondell Moore will be joining us. Make sure you stay tuned for this exciting conversation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, all things listeners, viewers. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. We're back from halftime, and you guys know how the show operates. When we come out of the locker room from halftime, We have a spectacular guest join us. Me and Pat P, uh, I used to play in the secondary. Pat P is currently still playing in the secondary. And we went out and we added a wide receiver to our team. We're not going to cover this guy today, but he's a part of our team right now. NFL draft wide receiver prospect out of Purdue. Have to give a shout out to uh, Rondell, of course, graduated in two and a half years. That's spectacular. Consensus All-American as a freshman in 2018. Like I said, Rondell Moore is currently here. All things covered. Thank you for joining us. How you doing? No, I'm great, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, first and foremost, before we get into, you know, your career at Purdue and, of course, your, your being a draft prospect, we got to tap into the most pressing news that's associated with your name. Last week... You had your pro day at Purdue. Outstanding numbers. Ran a 4.29 in the 40. Jumped a 42 and a half. 5.7180. Extremely explosive, Pat P. Rondell, based on those numbers, were you expecting those numbers? Were you surprised? Just give us the feeling you were going, the feeling that you had after running the 40, after jumping and doing an outstanding job during your pro day last week. Yeah, it was definitely numbers I've been hitting, uh, training for the last, 
two, two and a half months. Um, and I mean, explosion athleticism is something that's carried over from even high school. I think I jumped like 42 in high school, ran 433 lasers. So, I mean, it was, um, I had hit before, honestly. It's a rumor out there that you squatted 600 pounds in high school as a freshman. You squatted 600 pounds as a freshman. And in middle school, you used to do 200 push-ups a day. Is that true? Right. <laughs> so you just been strong your whole life. Military workout, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, I got some, some God-given abilities, but, you know, I've expanded upon, um, obviously, my skill set. So, yeah, no doubt about it. That's okay. awesome. What, so what is your response when people doubt your size? Because, obviously, we know you're not the biggest guy on the roster, but yeah. you're able to put up big boy numbers. What is your response to that? I really don't have one, crazy enough. I don't really get too involved in who says this, who says that. I mean, I'm really uh, concerned about my circle, everyone who's helped uh, build my foundation up and been um, important in my development as a player and as a person, I don't really get too concerned about who says this, who says that, because at the end of the day, like my resume is my film, uh, and I've right. put it off. Right. What, so where did, where did you get the work ethic from? Where did he, where did you get that mindset from? Now my mother, I mean, I'm the youngest of three other siblings and she pretty much raised all of us on less than 20,000 a year. So seeing the hard work from her and, you know, just being able to understand what it takes to provide, I think is important. Um, and to get older and, and have a opportunity to go uh, take care of those who are taking care of you. Obviously, you know, it takes a lot. So uh, it's just important for me to keep my head down and continue to work. Yo, it seems like you've been preparing for this moment for years. Uh, so has the pre-draft process been anything different for you? I mean, obviously, this is my first go round, so I'm not sure what the normal process is. But I mean, my pre-draft consisted of, I mean, a lot of Zoom calls, rice, chicken, sand. <laughs> potatoes, fruit, vegetables, uh, three workouts a day. So all that kind of stuff, definitely what I imagine, obviously, some unprecedented times with COVID. So I'm not able to travel to different, you know, facilities and check them out. But uh, I mean, I guess it's everything I'd imagine. So in football, you were a four-star uh, recruit and you uh, initially committed to Texas. Right. How did you land at Purdue? So I actually had a prior relationship with uh, Coach Brom. I'm from New Albany, Indiana. Louisville, Kentucky's 20-minute commute right across the bridge. So Coach Brown was from Louisville, graduated from Trinity, where I graduated from as well. Uh, he was frequently in and out. And then, obviously, we got a chance to build a relationship as I was a 16, 17-year-old in high school. So uh, when I got to college, or when I first of all, when I took my unofficial and my official to Purdue, we kind of hit things off. But, I mean, I had stayed in contact with uh, Purdue while I was committed. And eventually, I mean, we sat down, made it make sense, and uh, they kind of fit my core values and everything on the list checked out. And looking at your high school career, you also, you know, you, you were a hooper. You played right. basketball with Romeo Linkford. You guys won the state title in Indiana, which is probably extremely difficult to do. Right. So you guys had some game. Uh, but, you know, what was it like playing basketball with Romeo? And, of course, you know, seeing him uh, get into the NBA. That's crazy. If I could put it in one word, in high school, Rose dropping 40 balls every other night. So, <laughs> I mean, shoot, he would pull out from the volleyball line. <laughs> But for me, I mean, my job was easy. So I was just out there, you know, facilitating. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were playing point guard? You were the point? Right. I understand you're 5'7", but with that vert, I know you were playing above the rim. So were you an in-game dunker? Did you get to the rim at any given time? No, nah, I, I didn't. I didn't dunk in high school. I didn't get a chance to get one of those off. Okay. Really? Right. <laughs> so if you, if you when you was in warm-ups, you ever did like a windmill or anything like that? We couldn't dunk in warm-ups. But like what? pre-game, definitely had a little dunk session. Right. We couldn't dunk. Really? Uh, Cause I remember in, in uh, Florida doing warmups, you couldn't touch the rim. Like you, yeah, you had to throw it in. Yeah, yeah, you throw, throw it in. in. Right. <laughs> so you really had to have some bunnies, cause you know if you're not touching the rim when you're dunking, you playing above the rim. 
No doubt Pat, about it. Pat, no you wasn't playing the button room though. You wasn't throwing nothing in. Hey Pat. man, stop it. Hey, you gotta tell us about this uh this game that you had in high school. Twenty two catches for three hundred and four yards. Who the hell y'all was playing? The <laughs> <laughs> molar. Crazy enough, considered a powerhouse, but really? I mean, they played man the whole first half and didn't switch it up in the second. And our offensive coordinator is really intelligent when it comes to lining me up in different places. And we go 12 personnel, 21, and you know, they keeping a backer in the game instead of putting a nickel in. We playing, they playing all man cover. So I'm out the backfield running angle routes. I'm in slot oh. running. Out. And it was crazy because it was all man coverage the whole game and they didn't switch after halftime. So that's, that's really how that transpired. Wow. And, and speaking yeah. of big games, I mean, your first game as a true freshman for Purdue versus Northwestern, I think it was, uh, you, you set a new record, Boilermakers record for all purpose yards for over 300, 313 to be exact. You know, how were you able to come in straight out the gate as a true freshman and just dominate, especially against a Big Ten foe? Man. Uh, honestly, just everybody who's been a part before I got to college, to be honest with you. And then obviously my coaches there played a part. But I mean, two people who are extremely important in my development as a ball player. One, my trainer, Chris Vaughn. He's at Aspirations Gym in Louisville, Kentucky. And then the second guy is Andrew Coverdale, who was my offensive coordinator at Trinity mm-hmm. uh, when I transferred my junior year. So I really learned a lot of ball throughout that time and how to play receiver and just the ins and outs and understanding your triangle and what's going on out there. So uh, the game wasn't too fast for me. I learned some studying habits before I got to college. So I had a playbook and had it all down. I learned full field concepts instead of what I was just doing. So for me, when I got to college, it wasn't as fast. The transition wasn't as hard. So on my end, it was just putting my head down and going to work. And then when I figured out the playbook from there, it was just like, all right, how do I be a pro? And that's, that's what I learned when I got to college and the importance of what you put in your body, how much rest you get, treatment and things of that sort. So hats off to, you know, my coaches there, the trainers, my teammates, everyone was a part of that. So that's kind of how I got to hit things off in the right direction. And speaking of that freshman year, Pat P, I'm going to read off some nuggets about, you know, Mr. Moore's freshman campaign. He was named Big Ten freshman of the week four times. He won Big Ten freshman of the year. He was consensus All-American. He was just an unbelievable player. And one game that I remember watching was against Ohio State where they couldn't stop you. And we all know Ohio State, every year they have talented NFL prospects in the secondary. They had no one that could cover you. What was clicking for you during that ball game? And those numbers, you had 12 receptions for 170 yards. You didn't quite have the 300 yards you did in high school, you know, (laughs) the 22 receptions. But, heck, you had 12 for 170 and two touchdowns against a talented talented defense on all three levels, but what was clicking for you? And at what point during that ball game did you come to terms and say, man, they can't cover me? <laughs> right out of the gate. I mean, he was playing man coverage. and You, you said know, straight out of the gate. He playing man coverage. I'm a receiver, so I'm licking my chops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man man coverage against you is a no-no. That's how you feel. Like, man, I got to film. I ain't going to talk too crazy, but, I mean. It's good I, to have confidence. It's okay. No, I, I didn't have a – I didn't see a lot of it, so mm-hmm. – um came out in man coverage that was that was a good day for all of us I think uh, as far as clicking uh, all three phases of the game we did a great job that night I mean defensively I think the way Hassan still might have thrown for four or five but we got the job done defensively we did okay special teams uh, we did good and then obviously you see how we did offensively so I mean all three phases were clicking that night and I don't know how much you know about Tyler Trent and his story was a big inspiration for the world honestly but basically uh, obviously passed away but he was a huge fan was on our side that night so uh, everything was going the right in the right way, direction. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, this is a this is kind of like a three part question for me. Uh, one, what do you like about punt and kick returning? Two, do you anticipate you know heavily being involved in the punt and kickoff return? 
And three, which one do you like better, punt or kickoff return? As far as kickoff and punt return goes, like I love to do it. One, I think the main reason is it's the first offensive play of the game, whether that be right out the gate or it's a mm. fourth down and they punt. So uh, you got a chance to get some excitement for your team and, and flip the field, honestly, so the offense doesn't have to far. So I think that's the importance of those two. Secondly, to answer that second part of the question, do I anticipate doing that at the next level? Is that the question? Yeah. Do you anticipate being a punt or kick return? I mean, my mindset is to come in day one and be the guy. So, I mean, that's the mindset I've always had. And mm-hmm. I guess that the opportunity I get to touch the ball, I think I can score a touchdown. So for me to go do that would, would definitely be cool. And I want to do it. Um, and then I would probably, it's what I like more. And I say that because I mean, in the league and even in, in my conference, guys kick the ball out of the end zone. You just standing back there with the, with the nerves. Right. Like, <laughs> so, uh, punt return, you definitely got some time. You make one person go hit a hole, it's touchdown. Right. So I think I think punt return is definitely a little bit more exciting than kickoff return, in my opinion. Yeah, Ron- <laughs> Rondell, let me put you on the spot. Do you think you were a better punt returner in college than Pat P was when he was at LSU? In college, I only did it for one year. <laughs> you only did what? I only did punt return for one year. Well, how many you returned that one year? Uh, two. He got it. <laughs> he got it. He got it. I I, I won the Paul Horning though. Yeah, you uh, did. You did. And I ain't well, even. I can hear you. He said he he won the uh the Paul Horning award. What's that? That's the um the retirement versatile. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, most versatile, most versatile. And that you are. <laughs> you I <did>. are. <laughs> hey, but I can tell you this much: his rookie campaign, Pat. How many you return your rookie year? Uh, four. That's the number you need to go get. Rondell, go get four or five of them. Yeah, you, you got to run there, especially especially nowadays when they the way they punt the ball. You just got to have some good gunners, man. Good people, I mean, uh, good vice players. Now hold up, yeah, you got to have some good hold up guys. Hey, if you got good hold up guys to take them vice guys out of there, you all done. Like you said, you make one guy miss, get it in and get it out. The rest man, is history. If you out kicking their coverage, you definitely got a chance. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, you got a chance. You running four two, so you always got a chance when you get that ball in your hand, just leaving a little bit of space, just a little bit. Right. In addition right. to your measurables, Rondell, how do your intangibles set you apart from some of the other offensive players uh, that play wide receiver and, of course, some returners? I just think it's my mindset, and then mm-hmm. just perfectionist about everything and how I go about business. I think for me, waking up every day is just having a purpose and having a plan to, you know, get better. So. I think that's what separates me um, from the other guys in this class or whoever. Hey, how was it? How was it like seeing a receiver win win the Heisman since Desmond Howard, and it hasn't been done since 1991? No, nah, that was dope. For yeah, sure. I think that opens a lot of lot of doors for people who will come after him and whatnot. But uh, no, nah, that was that was definitely dope. Hey, so I got a quick question for you. Do you think it's always right to always give like the quarterback the although? We have a, a new position winner this year, but the quarterback, the Heisman, if, you know, a receiver or a running back is having big time numbers as well. Cause you know, quarterbacks always have like that, yeah. that leeway. Yeah. They always have like that, that, I don't know, that golden ticket. It's a quarterback it's a award. Player. Just, just like our, the MVP is in the NFL. You know, the Heisman usually is a quarterback award. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, that's a tough question for sure. Because obviously as a receiver, like, how you perform is dependent on, you know, who's throwing the ball to you. Exactly. So that is definitely a tough question. But I think, man, you got a receiver out there. You playing 16 games. Uh, we talking obviously just regular season or, you know, if you're in college and 
you basically averaging a hundred a game in the game you didn't two games you didn't probably had two. Uh I think it's only right to uh give it to the receiver just because a lot of that stuff just isn't gonna be done. Right. Yeah. And the reason I say that because I I feel like there needs to be more receivers in the conversation. Right. And MVP and the Heisman hunt as well. You know, so that's I just wanted to get your two cents off that. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of wide receivers, you know, Rondell, what are your impressions on this 2021 wide receiver draft class? And do you know any of these, uh, any of the receivers personally? You got a talented group of guys, you know, yourself, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, uh, Kadarius Tony, just to name a few. What are your impressions? And do you know any of them personally? Bateman obviously played in the Big Ten, so we yeah. got a chance a little bit after the game and obviously exchange numbers and whatnot. So Bateman and myself, pretty cool. I was in, um, Frisco at Exos working out with, uh, I mean, Tyler Wallace was down there. Jamar was down. Jalen Darden. So it was guys. Were, were you the fastest wide receiver doing your pre-draft workouts with other guys? Were you, would you consider yourself to be the fastest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, I don't really know a lot of them. I'm, I mean, I'm played at Purdue. I'm from Indiana. I didn't get a chance to attend all those camps and, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I didn't know a lot of those guys in high school and then obviously they played in SEC or whatnot. So I was really just no bait from playing in the Big Ten and then who I worked out with in Frisco. And who was uh like obviously you're going through through the, the draft, you know, process right now. Who was some of the guys that you looked at in the league that kind of fit your your game or fit your body type? Like who who are some of the guys right now you're you're looking at trying to emulate your game after? Man, really it's crazy because I, I think I got a cool combination of a lot of different things um i think when guys are under 510 and run fast they want to label them a slot and then they limit them to being able to do this and do that but uh i think tyree kill is, is one right now who's, who's doing great in the game uh mm-hmm. diva does a lot of the same stuff i did in college but um now i got ability to go outside and run some routes and stuff like that so uh as far as just studying guys and watching tape i think cooper cup uh cole beasley we don't necessarily have the same intangibles but um mm. I, as far as what they do i could definitely get it done that way or you know go outside and, and be a pure route runner so there's a lot of different guys honestly i like that list talented group of guys you just named off speaking of tyreek hill if you guys were to ever face off in a race who's winning he might hide out one I ain't. <laughs> 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 hey hey yeah I mean, I know you fast, but we all know Tyreek Hill's a different fast, bro. It's, 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 it's annoying yeah. fast. It's like you, you might miss something if you don't keep your eyes on him. Yeah, I ain't going to challenge that. We got that. <laughs> hey, man. So, hey, tell me what you expect, you know, from the draft. Like, what, what, what are your plans for that night? You plan on having a party? Uh, obviously, I don't know if they're allowing guys to go. Like, where's the draft this year anyway? Man, the draft in Cleveland. Okay. So I don't think many guys are going there. So tell me, tell me your plans on um on a, on your on your draft night. Well, Pat P, I think the NFL they haven't decided yet, but I think they're thinking about having a few, you know, draftees attend. So we gotta wait and hear. Yeah, I don't think it's got. I don't think many guys are gonna show up for that. You just saying yeah. that because it's in Cleveland, Pat? No, I just don't think many guys are gonna show up for that. Let, just... it would, let it would have been in Vegas like I was supposed to be last year. Then everybody was going. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so tell me your plan. Shout out, shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland, man. Um, honestly, I'm probably going to stay home uh, back in my city and basically just uh, be surrounded by my family and friends and everybody who's been a part of the process. So I want those guys to experience it as well. Okay. 
Like it, like it. So now we're going to transition to the superlative part of our show, Rondell. We know you handle bump and run coverage very, very well. So we're going to hit you with rapid fire questions. We want your honest, unbiased answer. First yeah. one I got for you coming off the gate. We're going to press you. Cover one. <laughs> First purchase you'll make, you'll make after getting drafted. My mother's house. Uh, like it. I like it. I love it. Hey, so now with my coverage, since you say you like man to man, I'm going to have a safety over the top. Let's play, uh, let's go. What's your best moment at Purdue? Uh, being Ohio State 2018. We just chopped it up a little bit about it. Yeah. And, and you played a, you had a big hand to play in that victory as well. So now I'm going to switch it up. We're going to disguise it a little bit. Let's see if you know exactly what you're looking at. So my need my safety to shy away from it. Well, we're going to play a little cloud cover two on you. Toughest <laughs> DV you faced in college. Gladney from uh, TCU at the time. TCU. Yeah, he can he can hoop. Matter of fact, Pat, that's your new teammate. Yeah. Jeff Gladney. Yeah, little Jeff feisty. Gladney. Yeah, yeah, he 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 remind me a little uh you know them little Yorkies, they small, but they feisty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he ain't that big, but he man, he can go. He can hoop. I'm I you love this game. My little Yorkie. Yeah, <laughs> mine too. You know them little Yorkies. They are... <laughs> All right. Well, this is the last one, man. It's third and eight. I'm gonna come with a fire zone, Matt. We gotta get to the quarterback. That's your good. best catch of your college career. Best catch. Gotta be, gotta. Be. Oh, we get to the quarterback, Matt. This is a tough one. No, 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 this is a tough one. <laughs> hey, Pat, he got a few of them, man. You know, he was, hooping. he was putting up, he was doing numbers at Purdue now. He got a few of them. He got to think. That's tough. Cause I, cause you say catch. Um, Wisconsin, they would cover one. Uh-huh. Nigga out of me, safety over top. Uh, I basically had a seam, pushed him outside, got, Stuck my foot in the ground, got vertical, threw me up the scene. I caught it just like this, but I spun right after the catch. Uh, but the catch did look clean. I'm trying to think. I ain't got no one hand catches though. So okay, hey, that's a catch. Yeah, that's yep. a catch. That's your best catch because <laughs> you had to maneuver. Obviously, after you caught the ball to get in the end zone. Right, Eric, you got to find that clip for us. Oh yeah, you know Eric gonna find that clip when we go ahead and <laughs> drop this on YouTube. We gonna have all the highlights and everything that he's talking about. Hey Rondell, before we let you go, I know you're extremely hard on yourself when it comes to drops, but can you be more specific when you look at your career and when you're catching the football? What do you consider a drop? If the ball hit the turf. I mean, yeah, of course that that's the given. But I, when it comes to anything touching your hands, like body catching, like if you catch with your hands, if you, if you catch with your body, is that still a clean catch for you? It depends. You getting it done in the game, obviously, as a in practice, and you know when you're on the jugs or catching live ball from the queue, and uh, when nobody watching all that stuff. I think it's important to build confidence in your hands. So when you get in the game, it's natural. Uh, but I mean, me personally, all that stuff is is push ups. Uh, so <laughs> drops, good twenty ball, and then uh, body catches ten. But uh, that's kind of how I maneuver throughout college with with catching the football. Well. They, hey, Pat P, I think he kind of went through that superlative session pretty good. So, hey, man. Yeah. He, hey, as long as we didn't give up, as long as we didn't give up 200, man, I think we was nah, all right. We got to keep that safety on the top. Yes, yeah, 4 2 out there. You know, hey, you know how you be in meeting room, Pat. <laughs> Boys get that scout report for that week of. You look at the 40 time. They say, you run 4 2. Be like, man, I ain't running no 4 2. You look at the tape. Then you get out there, hey. hey. No, nah, no, nah, what it is though, Matt, what it is though, when you see it on tape, you're like, ah, right, yeah, look. It don't look, look exactly. Like it's after you're that like, first look. drive. It's after that first drive, like, hey, <laughs> hey, that was fast. Hey, you know how we be, we DBs like, man, we play against speed all the time. The first time you get out there on him, he take you deep. You come to the sideline. Hey, Pat P, you cover more yet? Hey, that boy fast. Hey, that boy fast. <laughs> Stop playing around. <laughs> y'all boys better be on y'all P's and Q's. Yes, sir. Uh, 
Hey, man, we can't wait. We appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. We can't wait to watch you, man. Wish you nothing but success, you know what I mean? And and whatever team drafts you, they're getting the playmaker uh, from in many different ways, not just as a pure wide receiver, but as you stated, as a returner, man. Thank you for joining us here. All Things Covered, Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden. Uh, shout out to Bo- Boilermaker Nation. Make sure you guys follow us. We got your favorite player on our show, man. Give us a follow and give us a, a subscribe as well. Leave us a five-star rating, man. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no doubt. I appreciate you. Thanks again to Rondell Moore, and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We have a special week planned with more episodes on the way where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale. Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.